Hello everyone, I'm Deborah, New Narrative's Membership Engagement Manager. Infection rates continue to climb in Malaysia's latest wave of COVID-19 infections. The National COVID-19 Immunization Program was launched in February, not long after it was announced that everyone would be included in the vaccination program, including undocumented migrants. However, the Malaysian government later reversed this decision and instead pledged to crack down on undocumented migrants amid a nationwide lockdown. This has led to the arrest of more than 500 migrant workers, bringing the number of undocumented migrants detained this year to more than 9,000. This U-turn by the Perikata National Administration is unsurprising. Last May, the same assurance was given to undocumented migrants to coax them into coming forward to get tested for COVID-19, only for hundreds to later be arrested in raids by the Immigration Department. On this episode, I speak to Adrian Pereira from North-South Initiative and Mohammed, an undocumented migrant from Bangladesh, about how the Malaysian government's decision to deprive undocumented migrants of vaccines endangers not only this marginalized community, but also Malaysia's chances of reaching herd immunity. But before that, if you enjoy what we're doing, please do support our work by becoming a member of New Narrative at newnarrative.com join. Memberships start at just 52 US dollars a year. That's just $1 a week. Or you can donate at newnarrative.com donate. And check out our website at newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. And now, here's our interview. So thank you both for joining me on the show today. How are you? Uh, I'm fine by God's grace. So how about you all? I'm well. What about you, Adrian? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. Great. Uh, maybe we'll start with some introductions. Adrian, you're the director at North-South Initiative. Could you tell us more about this organization and what you do? Yeah, so uh, the North-South Initiative is a social justice organization which looks into the protection of uh, the rights of minority groups and communities on the margins. So the communities that we work with uh, include uh, migrant workers, uh, refugees, uh, young people living in conflict zones. So it's quite um, a whole range of different topics. Uh, but uh, as of recent, uh, we have uh, focused more on uh, labor rights and migrants. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Muhammad, tell us about yourself. How long have you been working in Malaysia? Past seven years, I am working in Malaysia. And you became undocumented two years ago. Could you tell us what happened there? Actually, not fully two years, but uh, it is almost one and a half years. Uh, last year, March 2020, I'm going to be undocumented. Before that, I'm, I'm legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so currently, there's a white flag movement in Malaysia, which is an initiative started by a group of youth in Kuantan to help people who are struggling financially. This involves a person putting a white flag outside their home as a signal for aid, and people would then provide them with food and other essential goods. That in of itself paints a clear picture of the dire economic situation in Malaysia and how COVID has exacerbated unemployment and financial insecurity. Undocumented migrants in particular are legally forbidden from working and not entitled to government aid. On top of that, they face the risk of detention and immigration raids. 
Mohammed, what has the past year navigating this pandemic been like for you, considering this economic situation in Malaysia? Actually, uh, after I left the previous company, I, when I joined the new company, actually, I after one week, I get the lockdown. So the current company, uh, they helping me for the good money or uh, this uh, only the yeah only the general uh, general thing what is the uh, support company provided all the workers but uh, when they treating me they not uh, suspect me because uh, there is uh, my own close friend uh, the company uh, supervisor so he recommends me that's why I can do work with them and then in this uh, economical economical situation I also hope and I also just waiting yeah, I thought that time maybe the Malaysia giving again, uh, again giving the chance to uh, renewal visa for recalibration the this type of procedure so that's I watching and this is the time now coming but uh, now the law so COVID-19 is very higher than before so that's why uh, the ease of process is very slow and have you been able to get paid during this time no 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 so how have you been coping actually I have the part-time job from the shop, actually, that is a, what they in Malay, Kadai Runtri. <laughs> so the shop owner giving me the account uh, job, like just helping his accounting two or three hours. So the part-time from my uh, the part-time job, I only can get in the food for my rental home money is and everything. So that's why I can still can survive. Otherwise, if I not get the support, maybe he handle the uh, very hard situation. And have you been able to receive any aid, any food aid, for example? Uh, no, no. Adrian, so Malaysia began its national vaccination program in February and assured the public that foreigners, including undocumented migrants, would also be included in the rollout with no retaliation from the authorities. The government eventually reversed this decision and Malaysia's Home Minister Hamza Zainuddin said that the reason behind the latest mass arrests was to ensure that undocumented migrants get their COVID-19 vaccines and to protect Malaysians as part of measures to contain the surge in cases. What kind of long-term effects will this decision have on the community and on Malaysia as a whole? Yeah, so we saw a similar U-turn made last year when the government uh, promised migrants that they would not be arrested when they go for testing and unfortunately after the uh, the testing in the uh, EMCO areas uh, there was mass arrests um, taking place so uh, that already uh, way back then uh, caused many migrants to have fears that you know, they, they are at risk of arrest and detention. So it's very unfortunate that um, in managing the pandemic, the, the government had already lost the trust of such a vital um, and crucial community. And fast forward to the recent arrests and detentions, uh, it's very unfortunate that we can see uh, different ministries failing to align their agendas with the national 
COVID management program. So you see raids happening when you are actually supposed to, you know, regain the trust of the community and think of a safe way for, to get them vaccinated because uh, the migrant community and, and Malaysians are already living together. Uh, and this is a virus that doesn't discriminate. So, you know, it's clearly um, a mismanagement uh, by the government of Malaysia, in particularly the Home Affairs Ministry. And, you know, till today, we don't have clear uh, instructions from the government on how they plan to do this. Um, we all know the more arrests and detentions are carried out, uh, it, it just further causes the, the trust gap to widen and this is not good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I think and we'll definitely want to, to talk about, you know, some of these U-turns that have happened. And, you know, yeah, I'm sure that there has been a climate of fear created by this. Uh, Mohammed, how did you receive the news about the arrests and the government's pledge to come after undocumented migrants? Actually, from the social media, like uh, the Facebook, uh, like the Instagram, from the whole, I can, uh, and the YouTube, I can get in the, all the uh, news. Uh, the Malaysia currently got the very critical situation and all the undocumented workers, they are arresting from here, there, they are taking. So, major, uh, majority of these uh, workers, they are catching. Actually, who is not follow the city and who is area like uh, many people is affected by COVID-19, affected by COVID-19, and uh, which place got a lot of uh, workers like uh, they are they are not aware of their health, uh, take caring of the uh, what type of actually the what they keep the SOP which place is not follow, so if somehow from the all the locals. Uh, people when they giving any reports or they giving the correct information all the places they checking and if they have got really problems so they are arresting all the migrant workers. And and how is the feeling in the community since this news has come out? Uh, actually, uh, my myself I am not feeling well because every day I have attention uh, a lot uh, because. Recently, all the places when I see uh, somehow I also undocumented currently. So it can be happening with me also. So how I can be uh, like with that tension. So always I'm fear and tension in this situation, but I try my best uh, to getting the recalibration under the new company. I also applied by one agent. So, but, but the last time I did share with uh, brother Mr. Arvian, so I uh, I forgot to share you. I did request to brother Mr. Adrian to helping me. So I got little bit economical support from him. So what is I can pay my food money uh, for the last month, then travel home and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I suppose it must be much harder to make money when you are afraid of these arrests and raids happening. Um, so. Adrian, the problem of, of you know, needing documentation, uh, it extends to the vaccination 
program as well. The use of a Malaysian ID or a passport is compulsory to register for vaccination in Malaysia. The Home Affairs Minister said it would be impossible to vaccinate the undocumented because their status cannot be tracked. This doesn't only affect migrants, but also some indigenous groups who lack documentation, along with Malaysia's stateless population. What's your response to the minister's reasoning for not vaccinating undocumented people? Yeah, so you see, the the plan to vaccine should have been rolled out a long time ago with more consulting, uh, more dialogues with the communities. Now, that didn't happen. So it's it's very disappointing that you know, Malaysia, which has access to technology, we have access to so many uh, community workers to get this done. Uh, and that wasn't done in the earlier stages. And, you know, to, to suddenly say that it's, uh, you know, you must have this document and that document is not true. It's that there's so many different forms of IDs which um, a community uh may have, you know, a community person member may have. So for me, in this case, it's clearly, uh, it's clear cut that, you know, there was never an intention to to make it easy for the uh, migrants to, to get vaccinated. So that that's very clear. I mean, uh, it's a very strange comment to say that, you know, it's it's only when you have this particular document that you can get vaccinated. It, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, simple adjustments to my sejatra should should help or enable any uh, migrant who's uh, afraid to come forward to be able to register and you know get vaccinated in a safe manner. But um, for me, the bigger issue is the non-alignment with the national vaccination agenda that a particular ministry has um, has decided to make its own decision. So it's very. Uh, unfortunate that, you know, end of the day, all of us have to pay the price for that. Mm-hmm. And have there been any efforts from the government or NGOs to reach community leaders about vaccination? Uh, yeah, I mean, indirectly, they have been having some dialogues with uh, certain NGOs and certain INGOs. Uh, but, you know, till today, there's no clarity on how the the undocumented uh, migrant community should access the vaccines. There's there's no clarity in that. So uh, we are still kind of worried. Um, it's very unfortunate that you know Malaysia, which has so much access to technology, uh, human resource, that you know we we still haven't solved this issue. So yeah, it's it's kind of uh, very disappointing. And just to clarify, you mean that there has been some outreach from the government to NGOs about vaccinations for undocumented people or migrants in general? Yeah, that, that's what we have heard. Uh, but, you know, these uh, plans have not been uh, made public or it has not been um, uh, conveyed, conveyed to the communities themselves. So everybody is guessing uh, what's going on and, you know, we, we, we don't really have uh, uh, clarity or what to do next. So it's it's just unfortunate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mohammed, what has your experience with vaccination been like? Have you tried to register for a vaccine? Actually, for myself, I already uh, applied the register. Actually, I already registered under the my register, but still myself, I'm scared. 
because the last time when I visited, I did share with Mr. Uh, RGM. So is it I can go the place if they give me the appointment? Because myself also I'm not satisfied. I don't know. Uh, they're doing me anything like unexpected, uh, any accident with me, like uh, somehow they're requesting me the visa, validity visa or whatever, but I have the new passport with me. So that's why I also applied myself. If uh, they confirm me the appointment, so how how can I reach there to the community or to the health center where it's uh, provided the vaccine? For the other protocol, uh, when myself, uh, I am feel like that. So I feel for the other protocol is uh, more difficult than me because who is the person is uh, don't have the minimum education uh, from my from my migrant workers. Uh, majority from the Bangladeshi or other other workers, other migrant workers, is in majority non-educated. So when non-educated and they don't know how to go uh, and process all this everything, so much they fear. They actually they waiting for someone who can helping them, uh, who is becoming like uh, the angel to them, like uh, someone who helping them, the third party and uh, uh, tackle them from all the harassment because in this situation now, uh, the, all the migrant workers who have undocumented, so actually they are like a hundred percent afraid uh, for the uh, unfortunately happen or any any accidents with them, like uh, the casting by the police or they arresting on the spot if they want to, because of that some of the migrant workers when they feel sick or when they get any symptoms for the COVID-19, they are not out from their home or they are not go to meet with the doctors because they are very fair with it. What can do, what supposed to do? Because they cannot share also. Maybe they not share with the friends because they are fair. If they go to uh, meet with the doctor, uh, go to the clinic or hospital, so how they will check? Is it they're gonna be report, they can stop him? Is it police case pass him on the spot? So all this type of thing is uh, now happening to all the undocumented migrant workers. Right. So it seems like a, a fear of deportation is is making access to healthcare a real problem for people. Um, Adrian, how do you compare the Malaysian government's dealing with the issue of vaccinating undocumented migrants to neighboring countries in the region? Uh, yeah. So in 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 the early stages of the pandemic, uh, what some governments did was they started uh, granting uh, documents to undocumented migrants. So we saw that happening in Thailand. Uh, and then once you have your documentation, you have access to vaccines, treatments, and uh, of course, testings. Uh, but in Malaysia, it's a bit uh, different. Uh, there is an ongoing uh, uh, re- program called the recalibration program, uh, but it's so flawed that uh, it's the numbers that actually uh, were registered are still very small. And even worse is while this uh, recalibration program is going on, uh, the, at the same time the rates are going on. So you have clearly two separate uh, process which uh, negate or contradict each other and and you know this is only going to backfire uh, Malaysians um, 
not only because of the that the virus doesn't discriminate, but you know our, our national vaccination process is so slow. So uh, we have seen some um, countries who have responded in a kinder way towards migrants, uh, but the government of Malaysia definitely not, uh, because you know in general it 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 looks at migration through a security lens, and um, it it the result is just uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, sorry, could you give a bit more details about what this uh, recalibration plan is? Yeah. So. Uh, there's two parts of the program. One is a, uh, an amnesty program to allow undocumented migrants to return home safely. Uh, of course, there's a small fine to pay. And the second part is rejoining the workforce. And this it's quite limited where there's only certain sectors that are allowed to, to hire the undocumented migrants. But of course... Um, there's also it also comes with us with certain payments to be made now um, from what we are hearing on the ground is that it's not easy for for migrants to to get access to this process um, the there are still agents involved there's a certain degree of corruption so uh, you know without basic good governance practices uh, the efforts to to get migrants uh, documented is very difficult, and and it's not new. We have seen the same thing happen in the past programs, uh, the past rehiring programs, the the six P program. Uh, it's the same nightmare again. So you know, with, as long as Malaysia keeps looking at labour migration under security lens uh, and without uh, getting rid of corruption. Uh, things are going to become very difficult for our migrant friends. And as you mentioned, you know, simultaneously, there is this increase in raids and arrests, which, as you said, seems to counter the effectiveness of, of trying to document people. Actually, the uh, the the raids and arrests, uh, if you look at the numbers, are so insignificant. Uh, they barely they barely leave an impact on on the nationals on the national uh, agenda you know it it doesn't it doesn't reduce the numbers uh, we should also read uh, what's happening in the light of human trafficking and forced labor and you know there were just two reports over the last few weeks that 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 portrayed malaysia's horrible horrible uh, track record one was the uh, tip report by the Americans and the other was the uh, workers' rights by the International Trade Union uh, body. So, uh, which I think for the, the tip report, we were on tier three, which is the last tier. And for the ITUC report, we came second last. So, this is quite shocking. And it, it shows, it, it only shows that Systematically, we have failed our migrant workers. Um, forced labor is one of the causes that causes that that lead to migrants losing their documents. Uh, not to forget trafficking and and smuggling of migrants. Yeah. And are there any examples regionally or globally that we can emulate? Uh, yeah, there were countries that 
that offered um, certain citizenship rights. So even if it's not citizen citizenship, um, it offered equal citizenship. And I think there's uh, there are campaigns in Malaysia where uh, uh, certain uh, organizations are, are fighting for this. Uh, we have also seen a kinder response to to migrants. Um, there are some labor reforms that happen in the Middle East. Uh, there's the removal of the kafala system uh, in Qatar, if I'm not mistaken. And in Malaysia till today, the migrants permit is still tied to the employer. So uh, it's only now that during COVID, we see these problems come to the surface. But, you know, it's actually... Uh, the result of accumulated uh, issues like poor policy making, uh, mismanagement in the global supply chain, uh, human trafficking, smuggling, and of course even corruption in the government recruitment systems. You know, so uh, these things are yet to be addressed. And my advice to migrant workers is: uh, Malaysia is not a safe place to find work. Uh, unfortunately, because the reforms are not happening as fast as it should, um, Singapore learned its lesson very painfully in the early days of the pandemic when uh, the migrant hostels were, were, uh, were a main cause of uh, the spreading of the virus. Uh, but they quickly responded. Uh, they quickly responded in a very genuine and sincere manner. Uh, that is something Malaysia had doesn't exhibit the authentic uh, agenda to help migrant workers. So it's very unfortunate, yeah. Though I believe that the response in Singapore is still to basically keep migrant workers under lockdown while the rest of the population is allowed relative freedom at the moment. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's that's continued to be there's a different sort of set of protocols for migrant workers in hostels in dormitories in Singapore uh, versus the rest of the population. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's that that's that's given. I think that's uh, that's unfortunate also uh, in terms of the mobility of of uh, of people. I think everybody should have the right to move. Um, it's just unfortunate that uh, in terms of corruption, uh, if you want to compare Singapore with Malaysia in terms of good governance, I think there's no way you can compare. It's, there's absolutely no way. Uh, both have compromised on, on civic rights uh, historically, uh, but definitely in terms of migrant workers management, they are way, way ahead of Malaysia. So I think the, the critic has to be fair. Yeah, thanks. Right. Okay. And I mean, yes, so we've definitely seen this increase or at least this um, rhetoric, this increase in rhetoric to crack down on undocumented migrants during Malaysia's most recent lockdown, which purportedly is to curb the spread of COVID-19. But how do you interpret the timing of this crackdown? Adrian, do you have any thoughts about why this rhetoric is, is being used at this particular time? If you look at the at global trends, um, politicians have always used migration as an argument uh, to to gain support and also to divert attention from uh, from other uh, bigger and more important issues. So if you if you look at Malaysia 
statistically, the numbers involved in the raids are so small that it it barely barely uh, creates an impact on on our overall management of the pandemic. And on top of that, if you look at the number of uh, employers or agents who are charged, it's so small. Uh, it's it's so uh, how unfair and unjust the uh, the system is so that that's really unfortunate yeah and in june 2020 so last year there was a surge in covid cases in detention centers following immigration raids carried out the month before considering our immigration detention centers are already overcrowded this current increase in raids and arrests could lead to another covid cluster which would undermine malaysia's efforts to reach herd immunity have you been able to communicate this to anyone in the government? Oh, uh, actually, there have been so many global experts um, who have already voiced out their concern that, you know, the arrests and detentions are, are highly, highly dangerous to the healthcare of everyone. Um, UN, UN experts have voiced out, uh, global NGOs have voiced out uh, even local health experts have voiced out. I mean, the government knows it's not rocket science. So it, it clearly shows that they don't care and um, portraying, uh, portraying uh, arrest and detention as, as a solution um, is what they think uh, can convince Malaysians that they're taking the right action to curb this crisis. But, but that's not, not happening. So for for me my conclusion it's 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 very clear you know you have a political crisis you put migrants uh, as a scapegoat and you you conduct these arrests and detentions uh, you get the media on board you bring them for the raids uh, you you sh you you portray them as criminals in the videos uh, you portray them as criminals in posters so all of this is clearly uh, a propaganda to mislead. Um, in fact, I would call it fake news. And um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And for those listening in from outside Malaysia, Malaysia is currently facing unprecedented political instability. So yes, it does seem to be sort of tied into that current, uh, the lack of confidence in the current administration, um, th this increase in rhetoric about immigration, detention and, and raids. Um, Mohammed, do you know anyone personally who has been arrested so far? Have you heard back from anyone who has been detained? Uh, so far, actually, I don't have any information and no one is contact with me. But normally I see in uh, the news, uh, I saw there is a few people, maybe I know before, maybe I know from his face, but I don't know his name. Maybe uh, they are the same area in my uh, Bangladesh, same area, guys. I, I, I did meet with them one or two times. So they are catching by the immigration operation there. So actually I'm not... Uh, I not get any personally information or uh, any contract by any other people or friends. I see. So, so far, my 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 friend means uh, so far who is nearby or who is close to me. I like that friends uh, until now not testing by immigration. Okay, 
Well, I hope that you'll all be able to keep safe. Um, Adrian, have you been in contact with anyone who has been recently detained? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, because uh, once they are detained, uh, they do not, uh, I mean, we do not have access to the, the migrants. And um, those who are released, they are under very, very strict observation from their uh, from their or instructions, strict instructions from their bosses, uh, not to reveal or expose anything. So uh, it's unfortunate that this uh, lockdown uh, has also uh, limited our access to those who are detained. So you know, it's it's very tragic because they they won't have access to justice. Uh, we are not sure who are the other bodies that are monitoring. Um, so it's just a bad, horrible system, yeah. And yeah, so so what kind of access to detainees um, is there at the moment for organizations like yours or even the UNHCR? Uh, yeah, so uh, because of the lockdown, we, we really don't have access. Uh, what can be done or what does happen is embassies. Embassies have a dialogue with the authorities to, to, to verify or to, know to to talk to their citizens uh, and of course the, another body Swakam also supposed to have uh, access to detention centers uh, but the lockdown just makes things so complicated uh, this uh, health issues the security issues so it's uh, it's just in a really really bad condition bad situation now and do we know if the authorities have made any move to actually vaccinate any of the detainees so far? Uh, there's no indicators of that. Right. Um, Mohammed, have you, have you or anyone in your community received calls from NGOs or government agencies regarding coming forward for vaccination? Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't get on information uh, past... Uh, I think three, three months uh, or two or three months ago from Mr. Adhya, Mr. Adhya did request me, but uh, the time being, I'm very afraid about that. Actually, I, I, I don't want to meet with them or hospitals. So because, because the time uh, doesn't have the recalibration, uh, is uh, the clear announcement. So that's why I was, I was afraid. So I'm not, I'm not taking it. Adrian, could you maybe clear up for me? Um, have you approached undocumented people or migrant workers about the possibility of getting vaccination? Uh, yeah, so we, we have talked to them and they are just afraid because uh, there's no guarantee of their safety uh, that, you know, uh, the, the journey, the journey to vaccination centres may be far from their homes and you may have to pass by, you know, multiple... Uh, checkpoints. So they're they very, very clear that, uh, you know, until there's a, a guarantee or this, this vaccination process is facilitated by a safe actor, uh, then they would uh, consider. But uh, for my latest conversations, it's definitely uh, uh, a big no. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're coming to the end of the of the interview um maybe i'd like to ask close by asking what can malaysians listening in do to help undocumented migrants weather this tough time uh yeah so uh, first of all we need to look into their 
their basic needs. Um, be kind to migrants who have lost their jobs. It's not their fault. Uh, the, the the current lockdown, uh, coupled with the economic situation, has caused many to lose their jobs. So uh, be kind. Help them out with their uh, with groceries, with even you know even their rentals and sometimes their medical bills are also uh, unpaid. So look out uh, for that. And if they, the, the community faces security threats from corrupt officers or, or their employers have abandoned them, you can always uh, report to, uh, to the government. Uh, there are certain bodies uh, which have oversight of uh, enforcement. So, so collect, collect the, the evidence, make sure you have evidence, make sure you have interviewed the workers well and, and be brave to lodge a report. If you need assistance, uh, you can always reach out to some of the NGOs and they would be willing to help. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed, is there any you know, ways you think Malaysians can help undocumented migrants at this time? Yeah, sure. Because uh, if Malaysians are willing to uh, or wish to help the migrants or uh, undocumented migrants or migrant workers, so they are know very well because majority workers are working with uh, the Malaysian people. So who is now personally the like uh, maybe one Malaysian supervisor under him got a lot of foreign uh, worker, I mean migrant workers. So he know about them. So maybe they can they can uh, make a, he can make a decision or he can inform to the company or he can. Uh, collect the migrant workers all the information he is undocumented or documented so how about about his uh, like uh, like uh, really he is uh, totally like uh, undocumented or really he had any interruption behind uh, his document process or whatever so after that uh, they can make it easy they can taking them or uh, they can they can requesting to the company or any other community organization to helping them uh, the easy way uh, if they are uh, they have some documents to submit like the uh, normally the like a uh, normally the passport and visa and everything if uh, with them got uh, available so they can show it and easily can Malaysia only can helping them. Mm-hmm. Call the destination. Yeah, uh, there's some. Uh, if if there's one really last, last, last final message I could tell Malaysians is that the undocumented migrants that we see uh, became undocumented for faults not of their own. So it's it's either through cheating, um, through trafficking, smuggling, uh, forced labor, and and we believe that ninety five percent of the undocumented migrants we see uh, uh, in that scenario. So let's not use uh, terms that are dehumanizing like illegal migrants or pendatang asing tanpa izin, which really doesn't represent their actual status or how they ended up in that status. So I think we should uh, take a step back, uh, study the 
the scenarios that have caused uh, migrants to become undocumented uh, before we judge them or before we criminalize them because there are many other factors involved. So I hope Malaysians uh, be kinder to all migrants. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether they are documented, documented or not because a documentation doesn't define who we are. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's so true, and and thank you for sharing that. I think I think we we definitely believe in the power of language at New Narrative, um, and we make it a point not to use the term illegal uh, when referring to people who are undocumented. So thank you for sharing that, Adrian, um, and thank you both. Um, that's all for today. Thank you so much, Adrian and Muhammad. Thank you for speaking to me and sharing. Um, your thoughts on the situation with regards to vaccines and undocumented people in Malaysia. Our thanks to Adrian and Mohammed for joining us on this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches. Next week, be sure to tune in to New Narrative's Political Agenda, our podcast series on current affairs in Singapore. This is Deborah wishing all our listeners a great week ahead. Jumpa lagi!